Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on This Needs to Be Said on the This Needs to Be Read segment. Today's book is Rookie Father, a playbook for men experiencing fatherhood for the first time. Our guest today is author Kendall Smith, and I told him I'm going to try my best not to call him Kendall. I have a cousin that many years ago he passed away, but was a favorite cousin and um, always great memories. And so I'm going to try my best not to call him Kendall. And I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina, so, you know, the southern in me might come out. But it's Kendall Smith. Welcome to This Needs to Be Said, This Needs to Be Read segment. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Catherine. Your book, Rookie Father, at first glance, I was like, okay, this is for just new new dads all the way, but it's not just that. This became deeper as I began to look at the different plays, and you have it, you know, fathers in sports seem to go hand in hand, and you have it like a playbook, something that would be attractive, I think, to men to to pick up and thumb through, and the chapters being short and quick to read speaks to um, the attention span that most men have when they, they want to spend time with a book, and the 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 story behind um, what you talked about in the very beginning, the African proverb of it takes a village mm. to raise a child. And I kept reading, and I, I clear I was reading from my first son, Darren. I remember being taken to, to a meeting at school about him, and they wanted to give him medication for ADHD. And this was back in the day mm. um, before we yep. even really knew what it was, and everybody, I guess, had it. But I was refusing to do that as a mother, and, I mean, I'm in a room with teachers, so what do y'all know? So that was my my, um, thing. But it did take that village even to bring my attention to, hey, I have to find another way to reroute my child's energy. And how many people gave my kids rides to school behind my back when they were late for, for the bus and I didn't know it? And just all the things that the village did, and whether I felt good about it or bad about it, it is real. And they didn't have their father with them, with us, um, to have the whole unit, to have an example of when I have children, this is what it will be like. They may have had a lot of examples of this is what I don't want it to be like. And you touch on that, and I marked it here. The mission at hand in your past, your chapter four, um, begins right there for me, talking about how your childhood affects how you decide to parent so I want to welcome you into the conversation right at that point. And with that being so early in the book, um, Chapter 4, why do you think it was significant to point back to his childhood or your childhood and to the future of how we raise our children? Yeah, sure. Pleasure. And thanks again for having me on. I think that the thing that, that new dads need to consider and give thought to is you need to do some soul searching. When you become a father, there's no going back. You are a father for life. And when you think about your upbringing, a lot of guys can feel anxiety about, am I going to do this? You have the confusion mm-hmm. of a newborn in your, hand, in your arms, and you have no idea how to take care of them. They don't come with instruction manuals. So you start, you're reaching out, talking to friends, to cousins, to, to your mom, your family, to get advice on how to take care of this infant. But mm-hmm. during that time, you, can, you should give thought to you know, tackling the demons in your, in your upbringing and by that i mean like the fears you have and when you, if you start to look at people that were role models in your life and i say i've said this on 10 interviews in the last two days if you're raised by a single mom your number one hero is the mom that raised you 
And starting there, there's the lessons that she has given you that you can go back and talk to her about if it's possible. There are other relatives as well, uh, other friends, people that inspired you. Going back to that kind of village analogy, which I heard for the first time, Hillary Clinton, 1992. And I was like, damn, that is a phrase. That is interesting. Because <laughs> um, as soon as I heard that, I am the product of a small town in Bergen County, New Jersey, and all these families helped me, and I was inspired yes. by so many different people. And when you step back and look at who influenced your life, what values do they have, you can make that mm-hmm. your own. You can lay that into the blueprint of how you're going you're to parent, what kind of dad you're going to be, and it's going to be empowering, yeah. and it's going to take some of that fear away and set you up for success. Give me one of your, I guess, either when you were young, what was one of the things that maybe you put your village through that you may be concerned that your children may put you through? And and maybe the question is, will I handle it well? Will I handle it the way my parents or my village handled me? Will I even recognize it when my child is doing exactly what I used to do? And I know that's like a lot of questions, but it's really like an example from your childhood that you you would like to recognize and handle differently from your village or the same as if it was something you agreed with? I think that the number one thing is comes down to discipline and the freedom I had and the fear of God I have about my mother. And then I started and I encountered other parents that were strict and I started to realize, you know, the boundaries came to me a little bit later than not. And I pushed those mm-hmm. boundaries. And I'm fortunate enough, uh, for, I was fortunate enough to marry a great woman, um, married 17 years, together for 20, and her and I are on the same page. We want to give guidance. We want to give, give ourselves the autonomy to go outside and play and do things on his own, but also there are consequences. And mm-hmm. um, he has a pretty good understanding because we're, again, my wife and I are both on the same page and we've worked on that. We talk about it. And for a new dad, you can't be on your heels and only taking advice from your wife. You've got to flesh it out. You've got to really talk about, here's something that's important to me, and talk through things so that when you do discipline or when you decide to um, implement a different parenting style, you do it together. Yeah. And you, you said something that's key, and it, it went real fast, but it's very, very important. It's work to decide together how we're going to do this because that has to come also from how she was brought up and how you were brought up and what those experiences taught you about when we have children, as we're having children, as we raise our children, what we want to do. And the work comes in. You may believe that you have the right way and she may believe she has the right way. And the work is how do we find a a happy spot to where we're really ultimately doing what's best for the child and not because I've been waiting to try this move on some kids, you know. Um, that It does take work. It takes work to be in agreement that we want the best and, you know, the same way for our children, but what does that look like? That's where I think the work is. Come on in. I think you were getting ready to say something. No, I, I totally agree, and I think that that's one thing that, Marriages get, get uh, stressed and they get challenged, especially in that first year. Mm-hmm. And it's not only how you approach parenting. It's, it's the time you commit. Um, there's financial constraints. That's a whole section in and of itself in the book. But yeah. you're, you're on the most important team in life you'll ever be on, and that's husband and wife. 
And that's also regardless of gender. If, it, it, if it's two gay dads, two gay, gay wives, does not matter. It's two parents mm-hmm. better than, than not. Yes. And I have to, I have to agree yeah. with that. I have to agree with that. This book also, I chose this interview with you because I have a son who has a son and now a new daughter. Mm. And I was like, if he would read any book, if I can entice him to read any book, this definitely is one. And if you hadn't thought about it already, Kendall, I think that you should um, relaunch or rebring this book out at Mother's Day when you said that um, the first person you learned from, if you were raised by a single mom, she's your hero. That made my heart um, glad. I think Mother's Day you should relaunch and Father's Day you should relaunch this book if you hadn't already put that in your marketing strategy. I wish you much success, and I know you have to get to your next interview, but tell people where you would like for them to pick up a copy of Rookie Father. And I've already given you gift ideas, audience. (laughs) Yeah, no, thank you. It it will be available nationally all year round. um, But also props to you for – being a single mom and, and working through the challenges and being there for them. And uh, every single mom out there, like, they deserve the high five. They had it harder than most. And I speak – that comes from my heart, honestly. I know what you went through. I know it. And it's tough. So it's props <laughs> to you. But you can find details. The book's – seriously, but the book's available nationally and at local booksellers, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. I'm encouraging folks, order the book through your local bookstore. They need the help. All local businesses have been challenged because of COVID. Um, and then you can go to therookiefather.com to find retail links, endorsements, and other articles. Fantastic. Much success. And I look to talk to you around Mother's Day and Father's Day, too. I do. Much success to you. Thank you for this book. Thank you so much. Great talking to you. Have a great day, okay?